Welcome to Prompt Help Podcast. Here at Prompt Help, we're touching on all of the trends and topics relevant today in health and wellness. Each and every week, we chat with health experts in medical, holistic, and allied health and wellness so they may share their wisdom with you. We believe everyone's journey in health and wellness should be personalized for them as one size does not fit all. Make sure you check out PromptHealth.ca to see how we personally are combating some of the inefficiencies within the healthcare system. Without further ado, I'm Heidi and this journey to the healthier you can begin right now. Welcome to another episode of Prompt Health Podcast and thank you for listening. For those of you who've been following us, you know that we have just launched our very own platform connecting clients to Canadian health and wellness practitioners based on needs. Our mission is to improve and simplify access to all kinds of care, including those services specific to certain age groups, such as kids, youth, and seniors, and those with certain health background, for example, for those who are looking for a specific service with pregnancy or chronic health conditions. As for the agenda today, we're speaking with Shauna Manalal, CEO and founder of Compassionate Touch Canada, which is a mobile geriatric massage and dementia touch therapy service for individuals living in independent assisted living, complex care, long-term or residential care and memory homes. We will be talking about some of the gaps in our medical system and in the model of care for seniors specifically. We talk about dementia touch therapy, how it works in a collaborative system and importance of touch. Without further ado, let's get started with Shauna. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. And nice to finally connect with you. Pleasure having you here. Thank you. Nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, so um, I am very intrigued by your background and can't wait to learn more. Um, we'd love to hear your story and um, what is it that you do? Why don't we start with that? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, back in, uh, I was a teacher for about 23 years. And then I just, I, I really, um, I had my father-in-law who was 80, who came and lived with us and my grandmother who is about the same age. And I noticed that, um, you know, just for pain management, it was very natural for me just to kind of put my hands on them and massage them as a lot of us do, uh, mm -hmm. with people in our families and stuff. And so I just kind of recognized that they've got a lot of relief, um, <laughs> Um, and we're able to sleep and, and uh, you know, just kind of um, just, yeah, just just seem to, to reduce the pain that they have. And so uh, soon after that, I got some training, um, um, you know, with a fair, it's a fairly new modality, this idea of, of being geriatric specific. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I got some training and I opened a business in 2011. Mm -hmm. And essentially going to like uh, assisted living was the main, you know, so younger seniors, when I say younger, you know, um, around the 80 mark, kind right. of 80, 75. Um, and yeah, basically took like a, my massage chair there and then and and 
did like a head to toe kind of circulation mobility type of massage um, that was specific to seniors. So just really along the way, collecting information about, you know, um, different morbidities, things that they're facing, you know, fibromyalgia, you know, stroke victims, um, neuropathy, you know, RLS, um, mm -hmm. you know, spinal stenosis, and, and just, you know, often a lot of trauma that they mm -hmm. had experienced through multiple um, operations or injuries that, that, you know, when you're 80, you've had a lot of things that you've been through. Um, so that that's kind of how I, I started, um, mm -hmm. kind of location by location, just basically saying, hey, you know, um, this is an, a, a new alternative kind of service. And it's been it's been such a great journey, really. It's just been so uh, rewarding. Amazing. So, you know, as, as you know, um, at Prompt Health, we try to connect people to services that are specialized and for different populations. And right. this is an, a great example of a service that exists that not a lot of people know about. And I didn't know about such thing. And if it's age specific, as you said, if it's a specific service for seniors, um, and I'm sure a lot of people would, you know, benefit from it, and they don't even know about it. And and, yeah. and that's what we're trying to do to, you that's know, and make that navigation easier and um, making access better, basically. Yes, yes, and and um, you know, each one of us, like you know, I I, I understand, and I, I that's what I love about uh, what you're doing. Um, at prompt there is really just that idea of collaborative care like understanding okay this is the scope of of my clinical practice here um, but um, really over you know the the number of times people that have bonded with me and people who trust me asks hey Shauna like do you know a good chiropractor oh Shauna can you refer me to a, a, a you know a geriatric specific physiotherapist or a you know dentist or even you know a therapist of some other type and I have to actually do the legwork mm -hmm. To find it and, and that mm -hmm. on top of, you know, your regular um, re responsibilities, but and um, do the, the vetting for that. Actually. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and I had the same experience because I come from a private health background and my background um, is also in health. And same because people knew um, I'm in this industry. I always had friends and family coming to me asking for a service. And same at our job, we had to look for different people for different things, but there was no efficient way of finding people. So hopefully we can, you know, help people and navigate the system easier uh, through our online platform. Um, and so I, yeah. yeah, it's going to be so good. I, um, you know, like I, I do it naturally. And I think that, you know, now that I've been kind of in the industry for about 10 years, you know, um, you get to know people like in in the industry, you know, through, um, you know, just different, you know, kind of uh, business opportunities where, you know, entrepreneurs are getting together. But but, um, you know, I just had a situation last week where my uh, one of my clients was just so distressed and, you know, his wife is in long term care and he is in assisted living. 
and she has dementia and that's something also that maybe we can talk about is yes. how my service how mm -hmm. it evolved and we we actually created something called dementia touch therapy um but so he was just beside himself because he has a single son like a one son who's a who is a great son like really helping him out but he's very busy with his own stuff and um you know i'll call him mr smith um he he just you know, he, he wore, he can't even change his own socks. Mm -hmm. so I found myself, you know, with him, I did his massage for health, like, you know, head to toe and, and helped him out there. But then I sat with him and, you know, I was able to accomplish, uh, you know, in a half hour on the phone, what he was causing him mental and health issues, like just, you know, to, to get help from Fraser Health and to contact because he had hearing, you know, he was hearing impaired, mm -hmm. as well as, um, you know, he has an accent. So for him, he just couldn't get the information. And I and so it was so wonderful, because I know a really good health advocate. And so I was able to, you know, I did that first leg work for him. Mm -hmm. But then I was able to transfer, like, connect him to someone who specializes in yeah. health advocacy, you know, with Fraser Health and when you don't have family to help you. And also with the issues that he was complaining about um, for his wife's care mm -hmm. that, you know, he wasn't able to oversee well. So um, I think he's quite relieved and I am as well. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah. And that's a great, a great story. And, um, you know, a story that a lot of people have um, having different needs, but um, finding the right care and having someone to help them navigate is always the challenge. Yeah. Um, I would love to learn more about dementia touch therapy. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah, sure. So dementia touch therapy kind of uh, evolved organically. So what I mean by that is that um, as my clients began to age and transition, um, you know, they had already had a diagnosis, but they were very early on either with, you know, Alzheimer's or uh, another uh, form of dementia. Um, I recognized that my my intervention needed to to keep pace with where they were at. And so um, it was just out of my desire. I have a deep desire to actually communicate with mm -hmm. people who are nonverbal. So in my life, I, I was looking back, actually, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I kind of taught in, in countries where English wasn't people's first language. I, I've worked a lot with like children who are pre-verbal. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I work with special needs people, people who have brain injuries. And I, I realized that theme of just really wanting to be able to communicate with people understanding that the mechanisms and, and the mechanical part of their body, um, their ability to speak, maybe their ability for speed processing or processing it at, at all, um, mm -hmm. it was separate from who they were. So that whole concept of being body, soul, spirit, that as human beings were comprised of just so much more than just our physical just the bio, you know, biological part of who we are. And just very much how our, a lot of times I feel like our medical, um, you know, the, our, the, our medical system focuses a lot on the, on just the biological part of who people are. So mm -hmm. I, I really kind of came into this place where I was able to, so basically we, we use kind of six different strategies and different things work for different people, but it's all, um, the, the 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 one thing that kind of uh, we do with each client is is the touch aspect so mm -hmm. 
And so because a lot of our clients are nonverbal, you'd say they're very late stage dementia and they're off looking in the corner. So for example, I'll, I'll just tell you a story of say Dorothea. Mm-hmm. Dorothea, when you approach her, actually all the, all the uh, care aides leave her alone. She sits in a corner. Typically there's not lighting around her. She's sitting there quietly um, looking off into the distance. And so, and there, you know, I understand that, you know, obviously, you know, healthcare practitioners and carries have so much on their plate. So I get to go in, in, in my specific profession and meet that person where they're at. So I really see dementia as kind of like, you know, people kind of going into a well. And as they go deeper and deeper into that well, that, the, that, that light or the opening of the well, if they look up, become mm-hmm. smaller and smaller. And, and how I feel is that when we, I go in and I work with people, I'm looking for them. I'm finding them. And I, it's like, I'm pulling them up there. You know, I throw them, I throw a rope down and, you know, and I'm talking to them and then slowly I pull them up and they come up to the surface where I can, we make contact. And so with Dorothea, right, Meyer, her children, and, and I encourage families often to come and watch because I want to teach people how to communicate with their loved one when they have dementia. Because a lot of times kids have the wrong understanding of that's not my mom. My mom is gone. And I would mm-hmm. say in, in that situation, I understand. I have a lot of compassion and empathy. I have, um, I've also had grandparents who have gone through that. And um, but they are still there. Actually, they, 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 there are remnants. There are, there, there of the essence of who they are is still there. So what happens is, is when I get close to Dorothea, I do some different things. So we use the touch uh, component of it is, is to alleviate any of the aches and pains um, and buildups that they can't articulate because they're, they're sitting there or lying in their bed, you know, sometimes twenty four seven. And mm-hmm. they can't say, hey, you know what? My leg is numb or I have a, like lactic, you know, acid buildup and like I'm, I'm in pain here. And so we tend to their body um, and help kind of with their systems and their lymphatic, you know, system, all of those systems and just um, lay hands on them to do that kind of mechanical work. But at the same time, we do affirmation therapy, which I... Um, Naomi File, um, she was the the person who created validation therapy. And um, before I knew about her, I ended up taking meeting her. She was doing a master class. She's eighty five years old. The last time, I saw oh, wow. her, and still doing a master class. And it was so fascinating because I, I recognized exactly if you look up her videos, she was one of she was a forerunner for moving away from like. Um, they used to like uh, do like electrical uh, shock therapy for people who had dementia and had bad behavior or, or, you know, challenging behavior around that. And she moved into, no, you can communicate with people. She'd get like six inches away and she does exactly what I did. I didn't, you know, I mean, nothing's new under the sun. Right. So like, um, it was just so neat to be affirmed in that way about communications. We do that with babies we do absolutely right very natural and so just encouraging families to come close you're way too far from your mom or your dad they can't they can't process you need to get close and touch them and be right with them we use um essential oils 
Um, yeah. Just for like, you know, therapeutic benefit of it, if they're having digestion issues or different things. Um, but also, again, just really kind of engaging as many of the senses that are still working um, for them. So um, we've done some like even taste um, kind of therapy, I call it. It's like, so in the summer, I'll get like heritage tomatoes or I'll get like apricots or things that they don't normally get in the long-term care facility and we'll get permission of course and 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 all of that and, and you know you have to make sure that you're careful about all of that and then just looking at their responses so i'll go through a number of different things i find out what you know um foods they they enjoyed maybe from their children you know the children will, will share that with me and then seeing am i getting any response as so as I'm massaging, we're kind of doing these other activities. I use a snoozling kit or a tactile kit. So I might take that and that's one of the strategies. So uh, for example, um, so for, for the, the woman I was talking to you about, Dorothea, her, mm -hmm. it was mainly just touch. I, I, she was German, like meaning she's German, but she spoke English, but they often revert back to their language of origin. So I actually learned some basic German phrases I go I create a, a music list depending on oh very cool so mm -hmm. and so and then I look and see am I getting that spark like are we mm -hmm. making a connection is there something and it's been so precious because you know um those are the main things I use you know do with Sophia yeah. and I affirmation so it's always going back to like when yeah. they, when they were like a child Mm -hmm. But none of us, we all have a, a positive connection to the word thank you. <laughs> we all have yeah. a positive connection to you are so good or thank you, Dorothea. And so even the repetition of those very basic language things that takes you back from a child, like to a, when you were a child mm -hmm. and you got those positive responses. That's true. So, yeah. so true. And, and that is so fascinating and sounds like mixing all the different um, yes. you know, hearing and taste and touch and all the different senses. Yes. Um, I love that. That's, that's amazing. Yes. Speaking, speaking of touch, how important is touch and what happens when we don't get enough? Like a lot of us are deprived of touch during this yes. time of COVID. We, you know, our greeting is different. We don't even shake hands. We don't give each other hugs. Yes. So what happens when we don't get enough hugs or touch, not hugs? Yeah, no, exactly. So a couple of things that people don't understand is, first of all, all touch is, is good when it's mutual. Um, we always want to make sure that there is that consent, that there is, um, again, that you are being very observant. There are clients that they kind of, you know, pull back. Um, and even those who are verbal, you know, they'll, they may have had a history of, of inappropriate uh, touch. And so, mm -hmm. again, you know, just being very respectful of, of their responses and very observant. Um, so, mm -hmm. and, and, and you, you become very like a flip, like a tiny, the tiniest flinch I'll notice because you, you're attuned to that because of, of the, the, the nonverbal situation. So, you, you know, you really want to read them. Um, and so for touch, a lot of times people think, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm getting a handshake, I'm getting a pat or I'm getting a hug. And this is pre-COVID. But the reality is oxytocin 
which is the bonding, you know, everyone knows is like the bonding um, hormone, let's call it, um, that, you know, they call it also the love hormone. It's not released until there's like constant contact for over 20 seconds. So if you, I've actually done this with, with um, when I've been doing staff training, like um, just to help them connect better with their dementia patients and long-term care facilities is I'll say, I'm going to hug you for, for let's try and hug for 20 seconds. Let's share a hug here. And, you know, we're counting one Mississippi, two oh, Mississippi. Wow. it gets uncomfortable mm-hmm. after two seconds, it gets uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So what's actually happening here? Um, we aren't actually um, getting that, the, that oxytocin released. So what we found from my, from the studies that I have looked at, um, and you know, there's a lot of good scholarly articles that are coming out, um, now through the, uh, through the touch Institute, um, Tiffany field. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Um, researcher, very prolific. You'll see her name everywhere when you are, you know, researching touch, um, it's going to be the thesis, actually, of my um, my part of my dissertation here. So um, this next year, but she is down in Florida, at the University of Florida, and you can look up her work. Very, very uh, robust studies. So she is looking into this whole idea of um, the importance of touch, and they've really found that you need about twenty to thirty minutes of continuous non medical touch. Um, in order to kind of maintain health. And so uh, just in layman's terms, it's just basically like, you know, to your hormonal level, kind of you're talking about, we're talking about mental health here as well as, as well as physical health. And so you can kind of get those touch needs met. So I actually coined a phrase called touch quota. Yeah, so It's almost like you have a touch quota that you need to meet. And if you could think in terms of that, how can I meet that? Some people do it through having a pet, wonderful choice. Um, You know, um, I think that there are different degrees of the quality of touch, if you could think of it in those terms. Um, But it's just like um, dancing with someone, you know, of course, embracing, I'm not worried about people who are married, um, as long, you know, if they're, if, if I know that, you know, they're even sleeping side by side with mm-hmm. constant touch at night, you know, <clears throat> so there might be creative ways that you're able to get those touch needs met. Um, but it's, you know, there is a definite um, psychological and physiological kind of um, component to, to not having touch in it. I mean, if we go back, let's go back to Romania, right? And all of the orphans in the 1990s. Uh, and they did, they, they went and they found these babies. Okay, well, you know what? They, they, were, they were taken care of their physical needs. They were alive. They, they, they had food, um, but they hadn't been touched. And it was directly correlated to their mental, um, their, the growth of the brain. And the development, uh, the d- developmental process. We know also with babies, you know, um, who unfortunately have contracted, um, <clears throat> you know, various diseases in, in Africa. And so people um, over the years would be sent there just to hold the baby because that actually promoted uh, proper growth of the brain mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and a bunch of other benefits. So, um, yeah, I just, I've, you know, I, it's so funny how in our society, we, you know, we're, we, we hold and touch our little ones, but then as we age and we detach, our children leave our home, 
our mates die, our, our close friends die, and then we're placed into often into an, an LTC, you know, and, and uh, people are, are, are busy. Um, and we don't touch our seniors in the Western world um, like, like perhaps they do in, in other nations. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, and speaking of all of that, what are the, what are the challenges seniors face pre and post COVID-19 to reach their touch quotas, as you call it? Yeah. So um, some of the challenges are obviously, you know, um, since March. So here we are in, in October and, um, you know, uh, just now, just in the last few weeks, we've been getting some phone calls actually from general managers and from, you know, um, <clears throat> care, you know, directors of care and things like that saying, Shauna, can you come in? Because, you know, they're desperate because, um, you know, they're seeing like just massive behavior change in, in a lot of their um, residents and nothing's working and they don't want to increase, you know, the pharmaceuticals. <laughs> they, they, yeah. don't, they don't want, you know, they, and they're just like, what do we do? Like they're just being, you know, um, you know, just different behaviors. Um, and, and, and often just a really kind of um, in, you know, kind of going inward and just, and, and very, and not really interacting um, mm -hmm. like they had been in, with the world around them. And um like I said, this this is definitely not a critique of of the healthcare practitioners, people who get into this industry, regardless of of who you know your training or your the specifics of what you do. You have a heart to nurture and, and to care, and um, and and so people do what they can. Um, yeah. But yeah, the challenge is, is you know you can't see you know before I would be seeing I'd be going to three different locations in a day. And I'd send practitioners to different, you know, locations. And then now it's like, you know, you can see you can only go to one location per day. And often I find that if someone's in pain, I will be driving 40 minutes just to see them. Whereas before we would do cluster care, right? We would do every half hour would be, I'd go to a different room. I'd go to, you know, or they'd mm -hmm. come to me. Now I might be driving for one person to see Mr. Smith and, and, you know, do an intervention for, you know, 45 minutes with him. And then that's it. And then I go because the general manager is like, Shauna, we can't open it up to everyone else yet. <laughs> so, right. you know, but this is where the compassionate part of it comes. And I have to say that I have had the privilege of being able, um, you know, and thankfully the government has been helping to kind of keep businesses like mine afloat right now, mm -hmm. but, you know, just to be able to, um, you know, to go and, and meet some of those needs because every person matters. And, mm -hmm. you know, even if you can't, do you know that's why I got into this industry is because um, I, I just saw that we were able to make a difference in people's health overall health and well-being so uh, absolutely yeah it's su such such an important um, service how prevalent is is it and um, how how does it work in our collaborative system Right. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> there are there are a couple of other companies or one other one, <clears throat> excuse me, that does what we do to a certain degree. Um, so but no one else does dementia touch therapy. That is something that is exclusive to Compassionate Touch Canada. Not that we are we are in the middle of developing an online um, uh, program for mm -hmm. so the, for the basic dementia touch therapy, again, with the heart of being able to 
teach families and primary caregivers of people who have dementia, how just giving them some more tools in their toolbox. Um, That's and, amazing. And sending them, yeah, and sending them out actually like a, a tactile kit. So we use tactile kits or snoozling kits that are portable and inexpensive and how to stimulate the brain um, you know, the memory linking forms that we use. So, you know, we're, we uh, basically harvest information from, from families. And that's another strategy that we use. Um, and then, you know, just kind of reintegrating that we use singing, uh, music, like I said, essential oils, affirmation therapy, all in with touch. I'm a very economical person. <laughs> so mm -hmm. me, I, I see families struggle, take struggling, taking their, um, their families to, um, you know, diff, you know, trying to get them to, to different uh, uh, appointments that they might have. And it's, it's really not um, sustainable. Yeah. So I just, you know, you just kind of want to bring things in a nice short half hour session where they're all of their physical needs, many of their physical needs are being met. And by the way, the other, you know, amazing thing is that sometimes we are the only ones that are looking so closely at people's bodies. So just last week, I had seen someone after five months, and they had a new growth on the on the base of their spine, that no one knew. And, um, you know, I can't get into the details, but let's just say that it's those because I'm inches away looking at the body. It just gives another set of eyes to exactly, exactly. Yeah, before they. Yeah, that is super cool. And are you teaching families then or giving them tools how to do this on their own? Yeah. Is I, that part of your training? Yes. So I actually um, am trained with the um, National Council of Dementia Practitioners. So I'm mm -hmm. able to to actually help people become certified dementia practitioners. Now that's separate from becoming a dementia touch therapist, which is something. Okay. But the, all of those things, you know, my my goal, my heart, my passion is really if you are curious and you have the heart for it, I, I'm going to do everything I can to help you mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, to reach the people in your life. And so, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very much interested in, in teaching families and caregivers. Yeah. That is such a great service. Um, and, you know, the more and more I talk to different practitioners, the more I realize of the gap that we have in the system. Because here we are talking about dementia touch therapy, which me as a health practitioner have never heard of before. So it's a specific service to a specific population. Yes. Uh, at a different age group and it's a mobile service mm -hmm. so and that's exactly why we created prompt help because we can find we can help people find a mobile service for their parents um with a specific condition so that's exactly this this really speaks to it so i'm really glad to learn more about this and um it's amazing and if you can leave us with um a takeaway we usually like to end our conversations with a takeaway um, or a tip um, for the audience, what would that be? Um, I, I think I think to understand and um, that you know your mom, your dad, they they are there in their body that's just not operating the way that it used to. Um, but your touch, your presence, you know, when COVID, um, I know it's a challenge now, but um, just validating who they are, they. They know, they know 
you know, um, people know love, they know, we all know love, compassion, and that's actually communicated. If I had time, I would tell you some specific studies about how actually you can communicate emotion through touch and how the brain receives that. And so um, just encouraging you in your life, um, you know, even though it's COVID, to see if you can get that oxytocin <laughs> releasing <laughs> in your body, um, you know, be thinking about the health benefits of that for yourself and for those around you. And um, mm -hmm. of course, to do it safely. Um, but I would just encourage you. I always say it's kind of like food, water, touch. You know, I just have reduced it to that because I, I, I really believe in it so much that it brings health and it brings healing and and it brings, uh, we're, we're, we're made to be together as human beings. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And where can people find you for those who like to learn more yeah. about your services and what you do? Yeah, so, um, you know, we're just a local company right now. Um, Pre-COVID, we were going to expand actually to um, a few of the other provinces. We have practitioners who are eagerly wanting to start this work because of the gap that you're talking about and because they have a passion. Mm -hmm. And, and empathy and are good communicators. Um, they, uh, they, they're longing to, to kind of start, but we'll, we'll wait. Uh, you can contact us at CompassionateTouchCanada at gmail.com. You can go to our website, uh, which is just CompassionateTouchCanada.ca.com. Um, and you'll find the phone number there again. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to talk with you about some of the challenges that you may be facing with your parents or loved ones and um, how, how we can get the supports that you need. Amazing. Thank you so much, Shana. I really, you know, enjoyed this conversation with you and I certainly learned a lot. I'm sure the audience um, feel the same way and um, you know it was a pleasure having you Aww. thanks for joining oh, us it's been fun I, I hope I answered some of your the questions absolutely <laughs> I'm sure we can talk for hours <laughs> I, 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 yeah I, there's just so much going on in my mind that I, I'm like how can we fit this in but um, but yeah please uh, I hope people do call and, and I'm happy to chat with them about their specific situations yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, so you for joining doing. us. I'm so excited about collaborative health. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited and we're excited to learn more about everything that exists and, you know, helping people to find all these great services. Yeah, and if any of you are geriatric specific and you, I would love, love to connect with you. So please reach out and um, so that I can you know, just have confidence in making referrals because we need all sorts of things from nutritionists to talk therapists to, um, you know, obviously chiropractors and people who are all dementia or geriatric specific. I'd appreciate it. Yeah, so we have, so hopefully at Prompt Health, we're creating that network because um, we have all these practitioners as, as part of the network. And one of the cool features is the um, personal match where it allows people to find those services based on age group. So it could be specifically for geriatric or for youth or for kids, which is um, oh, super cool. That part. is awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for connecting us all. I just, I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank it's you for your time. <laughs> Thank you.
You've been listening to the Prompt Help Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, and check us out on our website, prompthelp.ca. Subscribe for free to keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen from. Ratings and reviews would mean the absolute world to us. And tell your friends, Prompt Help is the next big thing. Find similar episodes every Sunday. Until next time.